Take two and action. We'll try this again. The Sharks come into tonight's game dominating Calgary, going for the season sweep, and it falls apart. We'll break down the loss. We'll break down Doug Wilson and give you an update on two prospects playing in the Frozen Four right now on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every game. So if you want to be part of the show, here's how you do it. Chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. And with that, hello, everyone. Uh, you're, you're just stuck with me, unfortunately, due to technical difficulties. Um, Thought we took care of him yesterday, and of course, no, of course, it epically fails on me again. Uh, so is Puck Guy with you? Mark, uh, unfortunately, is not going to be able to join us due to some issues here. So uh, let's get right at it right now. <laughs> so the Sharks get on the uh, go to the box early on as Shemlevsky takes a slashing call. Uh, Calgary, good job for the PKers, you know, withholding them to no power play goals on this night uh don't do anything however later in the period uh matthew kachuk uh gets the puck from timo meyer as he lost handle of it he skates and beats reimer looks like they're trying to go reimer high side to make it one nothing calgary uh the sharks would get it back though later in the period nick benino who kind of has been on a good run lately uh he gets his 10th of the year to uh, make it 1-1, one, one. Uh, but just 15 seconds later, uh, Dubé uh, boards Ferraro. The Sharks had a chance to really stick it to them on the power play. Unfortunately, no luck whatsoever uh, on that to uh, get it going, but the Sh Flames would get one back late in the period. Uh, you know, a penalty to, uh, or just a late goal from uh, Lewis, his fifth of the year. Uh, makes it 2-1 with about 55 seconds left in that one. A tough one. I think uh, he, Reimer was expecting him to go wrap around on the other side, and I think Reimer was cheating just a little bit to uh, get over there to uh, score, so that made it 2-1 after one. Uh, in a period I thought the Sharks looked fairly decent in, you know, uh, and especially how these games against Calgary have gone where it's been a um, you know where it's been a, a rough go at it uh, for Calgary uh, even for Jacob Markstrom who the, it seems like the Sharks had in their calendar or in their uh, in in his head I mean they they've played fairly well Vladar was the netminder for this one uh, but in the second period the Sharks uh, would take a uh, puck over glass penalty. Uh, from Noah Gregor. Uh, Calgary, again, wouldn't get a chance to do anything. Uh, but Lindholm, who's been such a great goal scorer, as Mark was mentioning on the first feed, uh, one of one of three or four Calgary Flames that are over 30 goals on the season and have been healthy, as the broadcast said tonight. Uh, Lindholm would get his 37th from Kachuk and Goodrow. 
1328 to make that a uh, 2-1, or excuse me, a 3-1 Calgary lead after 40 minutes. Um, going to the third period, the Sharks would get a, would get a couple of breaks. They would take a, uh, you know, a questionable uh, cross-checking call, uh, or the Sharks would get a power play on a questionable cross-checking call, excuse me, as Trevor Lewis would cross-check Barabanov. I wasn't really fond of that call um but either way the sharks would get a power play and uh they would respond as logan couture would get the power play goal his 23rd of the year i think it went off of his pants or his leg off of a meyer shot uh with the assist that gives timo meyer 69 points nice uh along with ferraro on the power play uh that would make it a uh three to two hockey game uh, but then the Sharks would unfortunately deal with uh, Reimer leaving uh, to, I'm not sure, some unknown injury. It looked like he was he was gliding just a little bit to the dressing room, so it could have been that. Uh, he's been dealing with some rough stuff throughout the entire game that uh, Brett Hedekin was upset about. and uh, But, uh, you know, it could be head, could be... In, a uh, lower body injury. Uh, looking at at some of the, uh, the quotes here, Bugner on Reimer. Yeah, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, Couture fell on him pretty hard, so they're still assessing him now and figuring out what we're going to do for the road trip. Obviously, leaving tomorrow. I'm hoping, but I'm hoping it's nothing too serious. So the um, so. Capo Kakinen uh, would come into the game uh, and play very well for, with five saves in there with no chance whatever, whatsoever to warm up. Uh, the Sharks would get another hooking call, go their way on another power play, but the Sharks couldn't handle that. Benina would then take another costly puck over glass penalty that really hurt their chances of getting back into this. Uh, Calgary would add an empty netter from Lindholm for his 38th and that would be it on this night for the Sharks as they lose 4-2 to two to the Calgary Flames. They've now lost five straight uh, and of course it's one of those things where uh, you know I thought Reimer played fairly well. He you know he had uh, 32 saves on 35 shots. Uh, offense was a little rough. The defense was a little iffy there. Uh, you hope Reimer is okay, and you hope that uh, things are going to get better for him, especially with the road trip coming up, as the Sharks will get on the road once again. It seems like they've been on the on the West Coast for a bit, but the Sharks will head to Vancouver, then go to uh, the Midwest with Nashville, Chicago, Dallas, Minnesota uh, for a... Uh, for a five-game road trip, they're pretty much their final long road trip of the year. Of course, they'll make stops in Vegas, Edmonton, and Seattle um, to finish out the the year. But uh, the big five-game road trip uh, for San Jose on this one. Uh, so appreciate each and every one of you coming on. Again, we apologize for the difficulties that we're having. Uh, on this night uh, and understand that um, technology sucks at times. Uh, it really does. And um, 
and it's quite embarrassing. So, uh, Jerry F., thank you for joining us. Uh, of course, the big news of the day came in uh, earlier uh, this morning with the announcement of um, Doug Wilson stepping down as Sharks general manager, a crazy 19-year run for uh, DW in uh, in uh, San Jose. Uh, we'll read you some of what came out of out of the entire uh, uh, press release. These these past 19 years serving as general manager of the San Jose Sharks have been a privilege and one of the most fulfilling and enjoyable periods of my life. I have been incredibly fortunate to work for and with some of the most talented and passionate people in the game of hockey. I want to thank Hasso Plotner, along with our previous ownership groups, for the incredible opportunity and the trust they placed in myself and our staff. I also want to thank all of our coaches, players, scouts, trainers, and members of the hockey department that I have worked with over these many years for their dedication and commitment to our organization. Uh, Doug would go on to uh, say, uh, your enthusiasm and your support of this team is unmatched, and I will cherish the shared memories that we have built over together the nearly two decades. I would not have been able to serve in this role for so long without un the unconditional love and support from my family, especially my wife, Kathy. The sacrifices that they have made to allow me to pursue this opportunity and have been selfless, and I cannot thank them enough. Finally, I want to thank everyone who has reached out during my leave of absence. While I've made great progress over the last several months, I feel it is in the best interest of the organization and myself to step down from my current duties and focus on my health and full recovery. I look forward to continuing my career in the NHL in the near future. So kind of interesting one there, uh, just because you have uh, Doug basically saying that uh, he, will, he would like to return in some capacity in the NHL in the near future. So we'll see, uh, you know, uh, so kind of getting to the chat, uh, PJ, what is your best Doug Wilson story? Uh, I wish I could pull it up. Actually, uh, I did the 2006 fantasy camp, uh, for the sharks. And, um, and, uh, one of the things is that you take a draft day photo with Doug Wilson and, and it couldn't, couldn't help that, you know, <laughs> he, uh, he did that for about like 40 participants or probably like 30 participants. And, um, one of the, f one of the fun things was just how he, he made it feel so genuine. It's like, yeah, it's a fantasy camp. You're doing this for 30 people. You're in line waiting to take a picture with Doug Wilson. And, um, and you're like, Hey, welcome to the Sharks organization. And, and you could definitely tell, uh, how kind he is, how genuine he is. Uh, it was, it, it was almost like, yeah, I do feel part of this organization. I do feel part of this family. Uh, and that's something that, that they really, he really pushed uh, with the team. Uh, so that, that's one of them. And, and I, I did good. I scored two goals for him in that, in, in that night. Um, so that was, that was a that was a fun day and and he had a part of it. Uh AJ and I actually got to interview Doug uh let's see I think it was about 3 years ago. I want to say 3 or 4 years ago. Uh 
It was the day before, actually, they announced that Doug Wilson Jr. is taking over as head of scouting for the organization. Uh, and he was just for he was just you know quite honest about stuff. Uh, you know, obviously, we didn't want to ask anything too controversial. But uh, he, you know, he was very appreciative about talking hockey with us and with anybody. Uh, so I'll, I'll miss that. Of course, he had he was very successful early on. Um, you know, he he was a part of getting this team to really on a great run. Uh, of course, they had some success earlier, but it was Doug's reign that really took supreme. Only Pittsburgh was won more playoff rounds than them. Uh, unfortunately, they just did not win the big shiny thing. Uh, you you got to see uh, what what you know. You got to appreciate what you've had in these 19 years. And yes, you can go back to 2015 and see that this team has missed the playoffs four out of seven times. Um, granted, you had two two years that you, you made it to the conference final, uh, one of which you played for the cup, and you were two wins away from winning the big shiny thing. Um, so while you know you you wish you wish Doug well, you wish him all the best. He, I mean, he's been a lifer since day one. With this team, I mean, yeah, he spent some time in the NHLPA for a little bit, but he came back and, and you know, you just knew that Doug was going to have an impact on his organization. Uh, he did what he could. He, he took this team to the next level. He brought, you know, respectability and everything. Yeah, and did, he, did all of his draft picks work out? No. Did all of his trades work out? See, Bill Guerin? No. Brian Campbell? No. But you look at Brent Burns. And the impact that he's had on this team. You look at what Dan Boyle brought. You look at Joe Thornton, uh, and what that what that did. You know, um, you know, Puck Mom saying, Doug Wilson always treated everyone he met with a genuine smile and a handshake. He listened to what you had to say or even think. You know, he gave the team credibility when there was very little in those first two years. Yeah, I mean, th that's one of the big ones about Doug Wilson about it. Um, you know, I know there are people celebrating this. I, I, I think uh, until we, if we know what is going on with Doug Wilson, and honestly, it's none of our damn business. But I will say, I hope you're okay. We wish you love. We wish you the spirit that you brought uh, to give you a speedy recovery on what you're battling with, uh, and we wish you all the best. Uh, and you can't help that he poured his heart into bringing a, a championship caliber team to San Jose. That being said, this team has now is on the verge of being eliminated from postseason play for the third straight year for the first time in franchise history. I love how they're saying that they're going to go externally or mainly externally um, with this uh GM search. Uh, Joe Will will be the interim GM. He will have a say in there. You'll throw in, uh, you know, Sharks president uh, Jonathan Becker and along with Hasso Plotner as to who's going to be the next GM. I mean, there's a lot of candidates out there. I think you, you look at some of these, um, you know, some of these uh, candidates. I know Matthew Darsh, who was in the Sharks organization for a few years. The I believe he's the assistant general manager 
in Tampa uh, went for the Montreal job. I th- I know Scott Mellenby has been in has been kind of in the running to find a GM job. You look at uh, Dave Nonis, who ran Vancouver and Toronto for over you know a decade combined. Uh, you you wonder what's going to go on there. Uh, you look outside. I know you've seen what Vancouver's done with Emily Castonguay and Cami Granado being assistant general managers. Is this the time for a female general manager to come in? We also heard on on some of the broadcasts tonight. Maybe you don't go with a hockey person. Maybe you go with another another GM from another sport to see if that can uh, be done and then rely on that. It's going to be one of those interesting things where the team um, the team has to look, and it looks like they're not in a rush. I mean, do they see what happens with the Leafs? Could, and this is purely speculative. Let's not say this, but you know, you know, maybe they see who is you know available after the playoffs or during the cup final. You'll see what goes on there. They are willing to talk uh, after the draft, after free agency. The key thing here is they is, is Will and Becker mentioned that they want somebody that, that wants to win, go win now. Uh, But they also said that if they want to choose to do an overhaul, that so be it. Now, does that mean, overhaul the front office or overhaul on the bench or overhaul the the roster of the Sharks and Barracuda. That remains to be seen. You know, it's uh it's gonna be an interesting time to see what's gonna go on here. And it's gonna be also interesting uh down the road in here. So uh, but, you know, you, you give stick taps to Doug Wilson for what he's done to the organization. Um, you know, it's it's tough, you know. Uh, so, you know, you, you look at, you know, and you look at what he's done. Yeah, he kind of stretched that window out a lot. I mean, there are people in 2009 saying you got to get rid of Joe Thornton. You got to get rid of Patrick Marlowe. You, you got to get rid of Nabokov. And they found a way, whether it's through trade, whether it was acquiring Danny Heatley, whether it's requiring Dan Boyle, uh, you know, or drafting guys that be- eventually became pieces like Devin Setaguchi, who had an impact and tried to use the success of their play to get something even better. Um, you know, you just have to hope that things will be getting a lot better down the road. And and the kids the coming up will be uh, the start of something big for the Sharks uh, on this one. A little over 11,000 in attendance tonight, so you're hoping that there's going to be something going on here. But looking at some of the comments in the chat on this night for UW from PJ48, I used to go from the glass to the breast box after a period. Wilson used to go from... Uh, up top, down to the locker room. We always said hello and always passed by each other. Yeah, he's always been great. Ricky, he kicked the can down the road constantly to extend the window in the Thornton era. Yep, that is coming back to bite us now, and whoever the new GM is is inheriting a terrible contract situation. Yeah, and that's going to be the big one here, you know. 
uh, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, those aren't the same fan. One want, wants you to hold your picks. One wants you to go for it. It's same how different factions. Uh, Kevin, you're spot on about what he did wrong, but that doesn't limit all the good he did for the organization overall. Yeah. And on this one, you know, it's... He did what he could to to be successful and did what he could uh, to get this team over the hump. Unfortunately, the team didn't succeed in that. You know, you look at and and we've kind of will have this debate in the offseason as to which year should have been the Sharks year to say 2016. Yeah, they actually got there. But I mean, you look at 2006, you look at. 2009 you look at 10 and 11 um you know it, it was always a um a squad there to to get it get it done you know 2019 oh my gosh you know <laughs> so um so you wish them all the best and yeah, yeah, you kick the can to keep to keep the Thornton window open. Grand Desert twelve, kick that can very hard. <laughs> yeah, he did. I mean, you you look for it, you go for it. I mean, look, we were excited for EK sixty five with the trade here. Um, we thought that was the one piece that went over the top. And yeah, they got six wins away from winning the cup there. But you also were you know a game away from being eliminated in game five against Vegas too. Um, so, uh, you know, Jason B. Doug was an elite level as a GM compared to other teams during that same stretch. Yeah. You know, and, and he did that and he did it fairly well in the cap era. You know, I, you know, there's there's people who criticize Ken Holland because his cups happened mainly uh, before the cap. Yes, he won a, the the Wings won the cup in 08. They had back-to-back appearances in 08-09, but after that nothing really transpired for the Wings after that as they've began they began their long rebuild. So uh so with that, that's the tough part with Doug Wilson. We wish him the best. Now the search begins for his replacement. What does that entail for the front office? That's unsure. Uh, you know, a lot of speculation that, oh, well, DW Jr. is going to take over. We'll see. So what you're going to need to do best is hit that like button for tonight, hit that subscribe button, and hit that notification bell. AJ and Ian went on the air as soon as news broke out uh, about Doug Wilson stepping down. Uh, they have a full, nearly hour-long broadcast you can check out, and that's on YouTube and all your audio podcast platforms uh, for uh, for consumption. They did a great job breaking that down. So, of course, hit that subscribe button so you know when news breaks on the Sharks, we will be here to break it down for you. Uh, and, of course, that notification bell because we'll go live no matter what happens after uh, this one. So, uh, if you're just joining us, the Sharks lost 4-2 tonight to the Calgary Flames. It's the first time the Flames beat the Sharks this season. Uh, the Sharks played fairly well, uh, although Calgary kind of, you know, took it to them early and, and the Sharks were playing catch-up. Granted, 
that's kind of been the story for the Sharks against Calgary this year as it was. So uh, Sharks win the season series 3-1 in this one and uh, we'll get ready to take on the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night as they begin a five-game road trip. Um, so uh, as we talk about what's going to be happening in the future for the Sharks, um, you know, it will... Uh, you know, we talk about the future, and the future was on display tonight in Boston as the men's f- f- uh, Frozen Four got underway with uh, Michigan and Denver, uh, you know, taking it on um, in tonight. And uh, Denver wins it in overtime, the 3-2. to two. Magnus Krona, Sharks prospect Magnus Krona with the victory there. Thomas Bordalo uh, looking sharp. He got the tying goal for Michigan in the third period to force overtime. Uh, of course, Michigan w- would lose in the extra frame. So Magnus Krona, Sharks prospect goaltender Magnus Krona will be playing for the national championship. He, he and his Denver Pioneers will be going up against Minnesota State uh, this weekend for the national title. Uh, as University of Minnesota Golden Gophers were defeated uh, handily, which is kind of surprising, to Minnesota State, who have been dominant all year long. Uh, Shout out to former Shark Paul Martin, who is an undergraduate assistant for uh, the Golden Gophers as his team got to participate in the Frozen Four, but went down to that one. So be curious to see as as the... Michigan season ends if if Thomas Bordalo will will go and sign the entry level deal. Could he be on his way to San Jose? I don't think so, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, what turns up of that here. So yeah, so it'll be interesting there. Um, but also going through the chat and seeing everything going on. Seabrook, thanks for joining us. And thank you to all of us, all of you joining tonight. Really sorry for the technical issues. I don't know what the hell is going on um, because I had gone over this the other night and things seemed okay. Uh, Seabrook, uh, this team needs Burns' cap space. Do you need Burns' cap space or Vlasic buyout? Uh, one of the which I would think the Sharks are going to are destined to have to uh, deal with Larry Johnson. Are there any cup winning GMs available? Peter Shirelli. Do we really want Peter Shirelli though? I don't think so. I think that's, that's a tough one again there. PJ 48. Does Goudreau or Krona have the higher ceiling? Let's hope one of them does. Uh, Obviously Krona has played fairly well for Denver. I really have liked what Goudreau has done in Sarnia, but it's always nice to have a nice little uh, goaltending uh, battle to, to see what you can do. So so we'll see how that goes. So, um, Getting some more comments here. Shang Peng from San Jose Hockey Now. Thank you, bud. Uh, for helping us out. Vlasic drafted by Wilson in 2005. That was when uh, he traded Mika Kippersoft to Calgary Flames. That second round pick turned out to be Vlasic. Um, he's been with the org- with DW the longest. And he said, the organization, the city owes him a lot. 
If you needed anything, his door was always open. He created a family atmosphere for the guys at the rink and for everybody working in the organization. And that's the those are the things that you hear and get kudos from. Uh, if you saw second intermission, Jamie Baker made an appearance on intermission live uh, reporting from Ottawa where he is an analyst for the Ottawa Senators on the radio. Uh, good to see him uh, uh, say something about DW. And it's, of course, it's always nice to see Jamie Baker uh, on on the air on the Sharks broadcast. You know, we love him. We miss him. Bakes, I know you, you watch here and there, so we, we love you. Radical gratitude to you, my friend, and we hope you're doing well in your gig in the Canadian national capital. So to recap everything uh, on this this edition of uh, Teal Town After Dark, the Sharks lose 4-2 to two over the Calgary Flames. They will head out on the road as they will hit up Vancouver to start the road trip and then moving onward to Nashville on t- next Tuesday on the 14th against Chicago uh, at Dallas uh, next the following Saturday. Uh, and then the next day they go only straight up north to take on the Minnesota Wild to finish off that five-game road trip. And to reiterate the breaking news again, Doug Wilson has stepped down as the general manager of the San Jose Sharks after 19 seasons. Uh, the search will begin uh, for most likely someone externally with a new fresh voice to uh, take this team to the next level. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but most importantly, hang with us. We have now a very busy summer as to what will go down with the Sharks uh, and their search for a new general manager. So, you know, uh, Marty T in the chat here, a quick buyout isn't all that important. If you plan on a retool, let the contract ride for you guys that aren't going to move. Um, You know, uh, the same time there's, you know, Ricky's mentioning, uh, that last year's savings on a buyout, we only saved 1.8, and the cap penalty is 1.6 for X number of years. Has too much guarantee money. It isn't a good buyout at all. You know, um, it's it's going to be interesting how how this gets approached, and how Joe Will will be keeping the reins and taking over a team. Well, not necessarily taking over a team. He's been in charge for for almost five months now. Uh, Granted, he's had the guidance with DW uh, as to what how they approach the draft and how they approach free agency. Uh, it's going to be quite interesting to see how that goes. So, uh, with that, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, again, we apologize for the technical issues with no Mark. Uh, Mark Eisenberg, thank you very much. My friend, I mean, kudos to you. It's now 2 a.m. where he's at right now, and he was staying up to watch this game and uh, do the show. I'm sorry for the technical issues on that. But we will be back with you on Saturday following Sharks and Canucks. And in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, uh, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and again, always available at tealtownusa.com. 
With that, we will leave you here. Uh, we will see you following Sharks and Canucks on Saturday night. And until then, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a good night, everyone. We will see you on Saturday night.